You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Oh, hey, guys, this is Joe Sinnott uh, speaking for the Epic Marvel Podcast. You're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast, and I am your host, Curtis Findlay. And I thank you for joining us today. We have uh, an interview here with Joe Sinnott. And for those of you who have never heard of him, well, shame on you, because you should know who this guy is. He's one of the the most prolific inkers that Marvel had, especially like dating back to the early days and before the early days of of Marvel Comics as we know it now. He had an incredible run on the Fantastic Four, inking Jack Kirby. And he's kind of been on every major title. His work is is just fantastic. He is an incredible inker, um, and he's an incredible um, artist and storyteller as well. He's done issues of his own, and, and we talk about a little bit of that in this interview. He did some Thor issues. Yeah, it's great. He's still alive. He's one of the few people from the from the early '60s who have been working in with Marvel from sort of the beginning, uh, with Stan Lee and such. He's one of the few guys that are left. So what a pleasure and an honor to be able to talk to Joe Sinnott. He is a funny guy. He's full of stories. And um, <laughs> and there's one part where he couldn't remember the name of one of the guys he's talking about, which happens. He's, he's over 90 years old. But um, he was trying to give me some clues to, to get me to figure out who he was talking about so that name would come back to him. And it took <laughs> took us took me an embarrassingly long time to figure out who this guy was. Um, and eventually, I did figure it out. And I'm not going to tell you now, so you can hear it in the interview. Um, but know that I, I cut out a lot of the the back and forth of us trying to figure out who this is, um, because it took us quite a long time. But you'll hear you'll hear that in this interview here as well. I want to uh, point you towards Patreon, um, so you can go over to Patreon and uh, pledge a buck or two. And if you get if you pledge five bucks, you get some exclusive interviews. And I'm going to be starting to release a few interviews that I've been conducting about one of my favorite comics that I had growing up uh, th- through my teen years. It was uh, Generation X, and that uh, 25th anniversary is coming up, I think, in 2019. And I've conducted a lot of interviews, and I'm going to start putting them up there. They will be exclusive to Patreon if you want to hear about the creation and the people who worked on Generation X through the 90s. Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. Uh, you'll have to look up the Thunderquack Podcast Network. So anyway, that's it for me. Here comes my interview with Joe Sinnott. <laughs> Joe, can you tell me a little bit about um, how you got into comics and then eventually how you got associated with Marvel Comics? How I got into Marvel Comics? Well, I was going to the cartoonist and illustrator school, which is now called the School of Visual Arts. And I was assisting uh, Tom Gill. He was one of the instructors, and he liked my work. And he asked me to... If I'd like to be one of his instructors, well, gladly I jumped at the opportunity because I 
I was on the GI Bill, living in New York, had no money coming in, and uh, he paid very well for that time. He paid equal to what I would have received if I uh, if if I was on my own, if I was freelancing by myself. So anyway, I started working with Tom, and I worked about nine months doing. Uh, first, I started out inking. Tom's pencils, and then it got so uh, that he let me. Uh, uh, well, actually, he I, I did all the inking except the heads. He wanted to make it look like his work, so he he asked me don't don't do the heads. So uh, after a while, he let me do the heads, and then soon after that, he started letting me do the penciling on the. Red Warrior or Kent Blake. Uh, he was a t- detective character and uh, a, a couple of books for um, there were movie adaptations. One was called Ambush, which was uh, made into the movie Western Union with uh, Robert Young and Randolph Scott. And uh, so we, so it got so that time was letting me do all the work, let me pencil, ink the stories, certainly inking the heads and whatever. Uh, and of course, a lot of the material was for uh, uh, Marvel, those timely comics back in those days. But it was for Stanley and uh, especially Red Warrior and Kent Blake. And uh, I I got married in the meantime, so after about nine months with Tom, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I'm doing all of Tom's work. Of course, he's he uh, he, he signs the work; he's getting paid for it. I'm going to go over to Stan and see if you give me a, a script. So I went over to Stan Lee's uh, at Marvel and. Uh, as soon as he saw saw my work, he knew that I was. Uh, he knew Tom had someone else doing his work, so uh, he gave me a three three uh, page western pencil and ink, and uh, I brought it back in a in a few days, and uh, he must have liked it because he gave me another one. Only this was a, a five page. Western, and I did that, and hey, that was 68 years ago, Yeah, and I'm still with Stanley, can you imagine, because he, uh, he writes the Spider-Man newspaper strip for King Features, and uh, I've been inking the Sunday page over Alex Saviak, and uh, we're doing a pretty good job, I think. That's amazing. That's still after all these years, you're still still going strong. Fantastic. Sixty-eight years, and uh, like I said, uh, you know, it's amazing. All the all the books. I've in fact, I've had a busy weekend. Uh, uh, this morning at nine o'clock, I had to go. Well, I didn't have to go, but I went to a school down in uh, just. Oh, about 25 miles to the south of Sogarty's, and 
I talked to some kids about comics, and uh, when they asked me to, if I would come down, I usually go and talk to oh, there's 25 up to 50 uh, class, uh, students from art classes and all different ages, all different grades. And I said, how many, uh, how many students? Because I used to like to bring um, prints of my work and uh, assign them to the, to the kids as a remembrance. And uh, <clears throat> so they told me there would be 140 kids there. Wow. <laughs> so this, this morning there was 140 kids there. And, uh, of course, uh, I gave a talk first. Then I uh, I took questions on everything, you know, because those, those kids, well, they were in the, they were in the fourth grade. Uh, but they knew their comics. They knew their their characters and all the the new movies that are out and whatever. So uh, I, I, I naturally I brought some of my some of my drawings that were in, uh, that I had framed for different shows. So they get, they got a big kick out of it. So that was this morning, and uh, Sunday. I went up to Albany to a uh, comic convention. I go every every year. They have two uh, two shows up in Albany, and I must have signed a thousand comic books. Oh they, wow! The, uh, <laughs> I, um, I would prefer to draw. I often draw pic, you know, pictures for the fans, but uh, I, I I drew about maybe uh, six, five or six during the afternoon, but uh, mainly I was so busy signing the comic books and uh, they uh, they must feel the comic, the book is more valuable if uh, if it has the artist's signature on it, you know? Right. So uh, I tell you, when I got home, I usually, it, 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 I, it was from 9 o'clock to 5, that's a long day, and uh, I... Believe me, I just sat there and signed and signed and signed. So when I got home, I was pretty well beat. And, uh, of course, my, my son goes with me, Mark. He knows more about comics than I do. Well, you talk to him, right? Yes, yes, over email. Yeah, over email. So anyway, <laughs> so I was tired out Monday, and then here today I go and talk to uh, 140 kids and gave out prints and, of course, brought down a lot of my drawings that, are, that were framed and I put them up and I put questions and so uh, when you called now, I knew you were calling at around 2 o'clock, but uh, I was sitting on the couch and I, I probably dozed off and uh, the uh, I'm, I'm talking on my my portable phone, and I think it woke me when it when it rang. You know? <laughs> but, so I like this. That brings us up to date, right? Right. <laughs> wow. So, can you tell me a little bit about the early days of Fantastic Four? I think, according to what I've read, the the first issue that you kind of worked on was Fantastic Four number five with Doctor Doom. Is that right? That's right. In those days, we worked from a script, and I had never heard of the Fantastic Four because, you know, the, 
Oh, I'm not saying all, but most of the artists that worked for Stan and Marvel, we were freelancers. We didn't go into the office and work. Uh, we worked at home, and of course, Stan mailed the script up to me, and, and uh, so anyway, with, with number five, he had he had mailed me uh, uh, the script. No, he didn't mail me the script. He wanted to know. I normally I used to do my own pencils and inks when I started at Marvel in 1950, doing romance and westerns and horror stories or science fiction and all the, the whole genre of different books. The uh, I did my pencils first, and then I I inked it. And Stan didn't have to see the pencils because, you know, he knew we were professionals and we should be able to handle any type of comics and like I said during the 50s especially uh, at that time they were called Atlas Comics and of course Dan was the editor but the, uh, there were five and six page stories we worked for the script and it was a great way to work You'd, uh, I, I used to start on a Monday and uh, by Thursday, I'd, I'd pencil the five or six page story and have it inked. I would pencil a page in the morning and I would ink it in the afternoon. And on Friday, my wife and I would go down, drive down to the city. Of course, in the, in the 50s, the city was a lot different than it is today. It was a lot more laid back and whatever. You didn't have trouble parking on the street <laughs> yeah, yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah, and Stan, would, of course, was in the Empire State Building at that time. And like I said, then he'd give me a script, and uh, I'd go home, and I'd start it Monday morning again. And the same routine, it worked out perfectly. Of course, when they went to the, uh, the superheroes with the 18-pagers, it stopped all that. I I stopped going to the city, and it was over 20 years before I made a trip to the city. And uh, it only took me two hours to go there, because by this time they had moved to a different area. They were on Park Avenue, and then they, they wound up on Madison Avenue for a long time. And uh, then they moved back to, uh, uh, I think it was... Park Avenue South, but in any case, they did a lot of moving around, and uh, so after after they went to the superheroes in 1961, I uh, I never went to the city again for over 20 years. Stan didn't see me for over 20 years. I talked to him on the phone, but I didn't get out of the city because. With all those extra pages, I didn't want to lose that extra day, on, which was a Friday. So I stayed home and worked and mailed all my work in by mail. I used to send it, uh, uh, not priority, but uh, back in those days, they had uh, first-class special. That's how I sent my work in. And Sam would mail me, as soon as I sent that in, Sam would mail me another script. That's how we worked back in those days. Of course, it's different now, but um, that's how we did it back in those days. So 
it was a great period to work, the 1950s. But when 1960 came around with the superheroes, it was a whole new ball game and a whole new way of working. So uh, I think that answers that one question. Excuse me for rambling on. I, you know, I, I start answering a question, and you first thing you know, something else hits my head, and I, I start talking about that. So uh, don't mind if occasionally I, uh, you know, uh, egress oh, a little me. bit. And, I don't mind the digressions yeah. at all. Believe me, it's all interesting. <laughs> Now, you uh, do you recall any of your favorite characters from the Fantastic Four that you liked to that you liked to ink, like maybe Galactus? Oh uh, or... well, of course. Uh, the thing was my favorite character of the four, and he took a while to ink because I I was always very conscientious, and uh, I, when I did the the rocks. I made sure there were shadows on the rocks and and whatever. So I like he was easy to ink, but he took time. And uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Storm, of course, was was the Human Torch. He uh, he was easy to ink because he just had the flames. Sue, of course, was the Invisible Girl, and uh, her entire body was becoming invisible, naturally we would just draw dotted lines just to show the outline of Sue. And of course, Reed Richards was very easy to do because he he stretched, as you know, and uh, that's not much of a change from the ordinary body, just that you made the arms longer or the uh, the torso or the legs or whatever. But, uh, now, the thing was my favorite to draw, although he he really was the hardest because he took the longest. Uh, that's the only reason he was the hardest. But he was my favorite back in the early days. And then when I start doing Thor, I get a, a ton of Thor with um, Jack Kirby. In fact, we did the first the first Thor in Journey into Mystery number eighty three. And that was a title of the magazine, and uh, we did the first tour. Jack penciled it. I inked it, and I did a few, few on my own. I penciled, I think, uh, four or five tour stories, and I inked them. And uh, and then uh, I was put on with John Buscema, and that was some of my favorite inking was over John Buscema when we did the Thors together, and we did a, a bunch of Thors, and uh, uh, they artistically, I thought that was some of the best best work I ever did. So what is it about John Buscema that you like so much, that you enjoyed in his well, work so much? There was no question. John was the Michelangelo of comics. No one could draw like he could. He was so talented. Of course, Jack Kirby is called the king of comics because Jack told a great story and he was very unique. His his work was very very cartoony, but he it was so dynamic. I mean, all his, uh, his, you know about his machinery that he used to use quite often. 
and uh, nobody could touch him that way. But John B. Semmer, nobody could draw like John B. Semmer. He did beautiful women, and uh, although he didn't like superheroes, he liked drawing Conan. That was his favorite. And he did Tarzan for a while. I did a couple of Tarzans with him, and I also did a, a, a Conan with him, but it was four, and of course he worked on many, many fantastic fours after uh, after Jack Kirby left to go over to D.C. Uh, John B. Simmons took over, and his fantastic fours were, well, fantastic, but he didn't like doing superheroes. He wanted to do Conan and uh, Tarzan. He That's the type of drawing. But here again, nobody could draw like John. No question. And you also worked with him on Silver Surfer as well, right? Yes, he, he did the first Silver Surfer, and I worked on number one, two, and three, and I thought number three was terrific because he, he got into it really well. And uh, but John wanted his brother Sal to work with him, and uh, Sal didn't. I'm thinking, guessing he may have done about six or seven silver surfers with uh, with John. And of course, no matter who worked with John, it always come out so well. But uh, I thought number three, the silver surfer, the, the great cover also with Mephisto. But Sal. And Stanley argued with him. Stan liked the combination of myself with John on on the, the surfer, but the John, you know, he was he carried a lot of weight at that time with Marvel. So Stan gave in and uh, let John work with his brother Sal, and they did a great job also. But I wish I could have continued on with the uh, Silver Surfer because I really liked doing him and of course John did a great Silver Surfer. No one did it better than he did. What's the difference between inking Silver Surfer by John Buscema and Silver Surfer by Jack Kirby? Uh, there's quite a bit of difference. Here again, Sal, I mean, uh, John Buscema, his anatomy was so perfect whereas Kirby, Kirby's anatomy uh, it was like I said. It was more cartoony. I mean, the muscles that Jack drew didn't really exist, but they looked so good. He drew slashes here and there, and and his work was like I said, dynamic. But uh, uh, it was much better, much easier for me for me to ink uh, John Buscema because. Uh, I drew like John B. Semmer drew. Uh, you know, I drew more uh, stylized realistically, you know. Uh, I should say realistically stylized my, my work, even after that, uh, even other characters that I may have done. That's the way I would draw. I wouldn't draw like Jack Kirby. There were people that, uh, you know, follow Jack's style, and uh, uh, Ron Friends was one, and uh, I still ink covers by Ron Friends, uh, commission pieces that he pencils. And of all the people I worked with uh, at Marvel, I've done 
hundreds and hundreds of covers by every artist over there. No one could do a nice cover like Ron Friends. There was something about his covers, so well drawn, so well filled out, and I just finished a a, a, a commission piece that that we were, we were asked to do uh, uh, of Galactus and the Silver Surfer, and I'll tell you, it was a lot of work. Ron put a lot into it, but it's it's a beautiful cover, really. Do you remember inking the coming of Galactus story from Fantastic Four? Uh, I probably don't remember. You know, you do so many things. You do hundreds and hundreds of books, and sometimes uh, it seems they all run together, and you forget which one was which. You know, yeah. of course, Mark would tell, Mark. He knows more about comics than I do because you know when you're working on comics. Uh, when the days when we had the scripts, I would finish the story and you'd get another one right away, so you forgot really what you had done, and because you're into another story, and uh, a lot of times, well, here, here again, like I just said, you forget what character you worked on. Many times, uh, I'd get a script and it had a character in it, and I say, Mark. What does this character look like? I said, did I ever work on him? And Mark would say, Dad, you worked on him in issue number so-and-so, and he'd go in my, my storage room, and he'd come out in five, ten minutes with the comic and say, here, here he is on page <laughs> 258. Mark knew wow. just what, what page the character was on. I'm talking about, you know, backup characters like the Watcher, or, or people like that, you know. Yeah. And so you do so many different characters. Sometimes you wonder uh, if you ever did that character before. Like the other day when I went to the show in Albany, uh, a lot of times people bring me books, and I say, gee, I don't remember working on this book at all. And uh, yeah, some of the old books were, were pretty nice, you know. But you forgot what you worked on because you had so you you did so many other things you know is working on a character that's mostly dressed in black like black panther is that easier to do or or harder actually it's easier naturally black panther was very easy to do because you didn't have to feather in the uh uh, the muscles or whatever, like on a, uh, John Buscema, if he's doing Thor, for example, or uh, especially something with a lot of muscles, like, uh, uh, well, Conan's a good example. But no, anything in black, although black, uh, when you add blacks to a, uh, a character or a, uh, a page, the blacks do add to a little time because uh, you have to fill in the blacks with, with your brush and your pen and whatever. So that takes extra time, especially if you have to use blacks on your backgrounds or or if you're doing a machinery by Jack Kirby, for example. Filling in the blacks is what takes time, except on a character. A character... It's much easier and faster to ink that character than it's the back.
Got it. Wow. And I like to, I like to balance my. I often add blacks where the pencil has not indicated them because uh, I I feel I know how to balance a page of blacks. I like to see a well balanced page, and the first thing I do when I get the page, uh, the pencil page from the uh, penciler, I look to see if there's any how it's balanced, how the page is balanced, because that's very important to the reader, I think, and, and to the artist, because it it just makes a, a, a better-looking page. Can you explain that term, a balanced page, a little bit more? Well, for example, uh, I learned that in, in down at the school. Bern Hogarth was one of the first things he taught us about a balanced page. In other words... What you do is you hold up the page, uh, the pencil page, and you close your eye, and if the blacks are all in, say, one panel, one, two, and three, and there's nothing in the three panels below, it it doesn't look well. It's Artistically, it doesn't look that great. But if you close your eyes a little bit, the black should be a little bit in the bottom panels as they are in the top panels. So that's what balanced blacks are. You spot the blacks around the page so it balances all out and all your blacks are not in one one or two panels. I think that's pretty simple. Do you have a page that you've done um, that you can recall that is a great example of a balanced page? What's your favorite page? Oh, I know which one is my favorite. Hey, I've done a ton of... I did some double-page spreads with Jim Sorenko. I did one five-page wraparound. It was a a five-page... It might have been six, but Mark could tell you. But... uh, it was the hardest thing I ever worked on. But my favorite single page of all the thousands of pages that I ever did was from a Fantastic Four that Jack Kirby had penciled. I think it was from Fantastic Four number 93. And the thing is holding up an apartment building which is crumbling and falling down. And it's got fire escapes. It's got people jumping out off the fire, off the building. And uh, it's my favorite page because artistically, Jack did a great job on it. And I love doing bricks and things like that. And also, there was a lot of humor in that page. Do you have access to, I think it's 93. Um, yeah, I'll have to track. Act- I think I do. I have to track it down. I will definitely look for that one. Well, it, it was a it was a, a pinup page. It was one big drawing. You know, took up the whole page. But look, look over and see if you don't think that's a great page because of the dialogue that Stan put into it, and plus the, the great building that Jack drew crumbling. And of course, I inked it. You know. Wow, that's my that's my favorite single page. Even though I, I've done some great double page spreads and whatever, but I I always revert to that <laughs> that page. I think it's in '93. It's in the '90s, early '90s, though. So check it out. I will. I will for sure. 
You mentioned uh, Jim Steranko earlier. Do you recall inking him on Captain America, his Captain America work? Oh, I sure do. Jim was young at that time, and he put a lot into his work. Uh, I did I did some Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I did with him, and Jim liked to do those double-page spreads, and he put everything but the kitchen sink in them, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, they were. It was worth the effort because uh, they they were great, and uh, Jim did a great job on them. And uh, of course, there was a lot of inking on my part. And Jim always credits me at different shows that he goes to that he that he and I are, are at, and he'll always credit me for making making his work look good. You know, and, nice. uh, but. Uh, Jim was, he was quite an artist and uh, had a great imagination. Yeah, he certainly brought a different feel to Captain America, that's for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, look at some of those double-page spreads that I did of Captain America with him. They were just fantastic. Did you ever work on X-Men in the early days, when uh, Werner Roth was on the title? Werner Roth was so easy to work with. I only did one story with him. It was uh, X-Men number 13, and I enjoyed it so much, but poor Werner, I think he passed away shortly after that, and I never got to work with him again. But his work was so simple, it was so clean, and uh, just an interest to light, believe me. I don't know whether you agree with me or not, but... uh, Oh, yeah. And why did, why did you happen to mention Werner Roth? Well, I think um, he's one of the underrated artists of uh, of this early era of Marvel. He, he, he sure was. And you know who was very similar uh, that I enjoyed working with? Do you, do you know the art of Fred Keita? No, I don't think so. Uh, look up Fred Keita's work. It's very similar, and uh, in fact... Of the two, I would prefer Fred Keita. I I worked with him on this uh, Sunday Spider-Man strip for King Features, and uh, he was a delight to work with. He's passed away now, but uh, he was a great artist. He was one of Stan's favorites. Stan loved his work, and he could do anything from a detective story to... uh, Superheroes. He he was great. So remember that name. Write it down. Fred Keaton, and you'll see what a great great artist he was. His stuff was so simple, much like Werewolf, and uh, but just great, great stuff. Yeah, he's and he did a, a variety of different things, from serious to to cartoony. Oh, of course he did. He was an old timer, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, in fact, I think when I was a kid, I think I loved his stuff, but I, I didn't know who it was at the time, you know? Wow. He may have worked on Airboy, if I remember right, way back in the early 40s. And you worked yes. with him on the comic strip, you said? I worked with him on the, um, the Spider-Man Sunday newspaper strip for, for, for probably a whole year. What is the deadline for a comic strip like versus uh, the deadline for um, a comic book? I, I would say the uh, the deadlines for a comic book were harder. You 
you had so much more to do. Uh, listen, when I do the Sunday, I still work on the Sunday strip. Uh, Alex Saviak, he's a great penciler. He pencils it, and I ink it. And when Stan sends it to me, there's there's two. He sends me two pages at a time, two Sundays, and there's six panels in each page. Well, I can do six panels in a day, no problem. And so I get it back to Stan in two or three days. And whereas the comics often were 18 to 23 pages, 22 two pages, I should say. But usually the, there was a cover involved in it. So you had to get them done pretty pretty quickly. We had a shorter deadline when we did the comic books. No question. Gil Kane had a really different style uh, when he came onto the scene. What did you think about inking with him? Mark loved my stuff on Gil Kane. I didn't like to work with Gil Kane. I, I didn't like his style. It was not my type of style. And uh, although he, he's a great artist, no question. It's just that I felt uncomfortable working with him. And he did a ton of work. We did covers and so many other things. That, and Mark... Mark used to love the stuff that I did with Gil Kane, but I didn't didn't care for his style. His, his pencil style was was very unusual. Yes, yeah, it sure is. It's um, it's not as uh, bold, I guess, as as Kirby. You're right. Wow. So when you were working on um, Thor with Ron Friends. Uh, your work seems to uh, carry, like, it transforms Ron Frenzes to give it a very kind of more classic Kirby style. Was that your intention? Yeah, no, it's just natural. But then again, I did the same thing with Jack Kirby, although maybe you didn't notice it, but a lot of people think that issue number 34, when I first went back on the FF with Jack, Jack's work improved. I don't know whether you would agree, but most people think that that was Jack's best period. And, of course, I like to think it was because of my contribution to his work. <laughs> yeah, right. Some of my my style, it, it couldn't help but rub off a little bit. At first, I used to try, because Jack, as great as he was, he was not perfect. And I always felt that I added maybe... I prettied up his girls a little bit, made his men more handsome or whatever. And, of course, Jack didn't like this. He didn't like anybody to change his work. And uh, I felt that things had to be changed a little bit to improve it. And I think most people will agree that that was Jack's period. And I, I like to think because I was a part of it. So issue number 44 was the first time you were credited as an inker, but you worked on Fantastic Four before that, right? No, just on number five, because at that time I had an account at Treasure Chest magazine, and I was doing some, they liked the way I did biographies, and I was doing the life story of all people like General MacArthur and Eisenhower, John Kennedy, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, uh, the Popes, and uh, uh, so when the 
when he gave me number five, and I did it. He liked it so much, he called me right up. He said, Joe, whatever you do, don't leave me, because he said, I love the work over over uh, Jack Kirby. And he said, I'm sending you number six. He sent me number six, and I did one or two panels, and my uh, script from Treasure Chest came in, a 64-page story on the life of Saint uh, Pope John the Twenty-Third, which I had promised Treasure Chest I would do pencil and ink naturally. So I had to call Stan and tell him, Stan, I I can't do number six because I had promised Treasure Chest I'd, I'd do their story, and it see it turns out that the the story I did for Treasure Chest. It's probably the hardest thing I ever did and the best artwork I ever did. They, they put it out in, in a hardcover version, which is beautiful. Wow, so that's, is that your favorite work of yours, like of all time? Yeah, my favorite artwork, yes. Wow. I'd have to say The Life of Pope John the Twenty Third, which I did, I think it was 1990. I mean, 1964, uh, could have been 63. And, uh, oh, I worked hard on it, I'll tell you. I also did The Life of the Beatles for uh, Dell Comics while I was doing uh, Marvel. I don't know how I turned out so many things. Now, when I worked for other companies, I did the pencils and inks. I penciled The Life of the Beatles and inked them, uh, 64 pages when they first came over to America to be on Ed Sullivan's show. And that was a real rush job and uh, had a tight deadline, but I thought I did a, an excellent job on it. Wow. Yeah, that uh, I, I have seen that Beatles one before, and it's quite fun. It's a fun book. Thank you. What are some of the more current inker, or artists that you've worked with that you enjoy working with? Well, I still work with the Ron Friends whenever he's got a uh, commission piece to do. He likes my inking, and of course, I like his penciling. And of course, I, I've been working with uh, Saviak for about 17 years. But when I first started on when Stan, I retired in 1991 from doing the Marvel uh, comic books. I was, I was just burnt out. And Stan called me up and said, Joe, could you stay on and give me a hand with the the Sunday Spider-Man strip for King Features? And Ron Friend was penciling it, and uh, I I love working with Ron, so I I said to Stan, okay, Stan. So anyway, I started working with Ron, but Ron had a, a personal problem. He only did about 10 or 12 strips and he left the, the strip, and then it was given to, I think, Sal B. Simmons did it for a while, and then uh, Paul Ryan did an excellent job. Uh, of course, Paul passed away a couple of years ago, as you know, very young man. Yeah. But he, he was a great great artist. And also, then, then Sal B. Simmons came back on it, and then uh, Fred Keeter took it up for about a year, and then he, then he told Stan he wanted to retire. He was tired out also, you know. So Fred Keeter retired, and that's what I think uh, 
you know, uh, Alex Saviak came on the script, which was, which was about, I'm guessing, about 17 years ago, and I've been on the strip for 28, 28 years. Uh, That's so, incredible. So, wow. And I'm still tired. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so incredible. It's yeah, like- really. But, you know, it's nice. Uh, I'm 90 years old now, and I think my work is as good. It might even be better in some cases than it ever was. And uh, But I, I got a lot of nice things to leave to my kids. You know, a hundred years from now, at least my work will still be around, you know? That's true. Yep. You know, that's what's nice about working in comics and doing the artwork. You know, a lot of other people with different jobs, when their job is, when they retire, their job is finished, and that's the end of it. But we still have our work to look on. Just like Rich Buckler just passed away. I did a lot of things with Rich at Marvel, a lot of Fantastic Fours and whatever. And, uh, of course, his family's got his work to look back on, you know? Yes, yeah. What a legacy that is. Oh, and just like, uh, well, there were so many in the last couple of years. Bernie Wrightson, there was no better artist or anchor than Bernie Wrightson. His, I think his Frankenstein is the greatest thing ever done in comics. Uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with it or not. Yep, I the am. The book he did uh, on Frankenstein. I mean, I, I marvel at the way he inked it, that one drawing after another. I mean, you know, just a lot of inking. Unbelievable. I just love it. And I I, I did meet Bernie a couple times, and uh, what a nice guy he was, you know. Who is the artist that made you work the hardest? Uh, no question. No question. Jim Sorenko. Oh, yeah. Kirby's Big Machines took time, but... Uh, Sterenko was young at the time. He needed a little picking up here and there, and he put so much into his work. You know, th- that was the that was the main reason. Jim lived his work. Uh, George Perez was was hard when he was young. When he, when he first came into the field, I uh, I inked him, and oh, every panel he he George didn't believe in white space, but. George did such a great job on everything. He he became such a big uh, big name in the comic business. So, well, just like Sterenko. And I'd say those two were the hardest as far as putting extra work into their pencils. No question about it. But the great pencils like uh, Salvi Sema was so easy to work with. A great artist. He, he was just a little bit less than than his brother John, but here again, nobody could touch John as as an artist. Every, everybody will tell you that his his drawing was so beautiful. And of course, John passed away uh, right right. I don't want to say right in his prime, but he was still still great when he passed away. But I did a lot of nice. I did some uh, Gene Cole and John Romita was a great artist. And uh, nobody did uh, Spider-Man like John. Of course, uh, Steve Ditko, he did a great Spider-Man. Uh, nobody could draw Spider-Man like he could if, 
if Spider-Man was clinging to a wall, he 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 drew great positions for Spider-Man. But uh, John Romita was not only a great, uh, he drew beautiful women and uh, great love stories he drew for DC, and uh, but his Marvel stuff on Spider-Man and other characters was just top of the line. Very great stuff. But I could name you some others. Gene Colan, he did great stuff. He and I did some good, some Captain Americas. I don't whether you remember them or not, but uh, they were some of the best inking I ever did was over G- Gene Colan. And, of course, I worked with, uh, 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 gee, I can't think. My, my mind's a sieve today. So, uh, anyway, uh, oh, come on. Who, uh, oh, hey, he's one of the best. What did he, he work on? Everything. He worked on everything. He, he, uh, I'll remember before we sign off. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I worked with a lot of guys that I really enjoyed their their work and uh, you know they they were all great those guys there there were a few people they didn't like to work with but of course I uh, I, I I would never turn down a story I, I did turn down one story it was by Ditko and uh, you know we know how great he was but he just did breakdowns on a uh, on a Chuck Norris story and uh, I didn't feel I was I was that was the time I was beat, and I had done some uh, stories over young artists that didn't put much into the work, and I had had a lot of my own drawings. So when the Ditko thing came along, I returned it to Marvel. I said I'm I'm just too beat to do this story, but like I said, I I would have loved to have done his Spider-Man because. He, he did a great Spider-Man, no question. And uh, isn't that awful? The guy's a good friend of mine. I can't think of his name. Oh, boy. You see, Name me some of the top, top guys in the field. Still working. Still working today? For Marvel, yeah. Well, you already said Sal Buscema. That's, uh, He's one of the best. Um, John Byrne? It's an Irish name. Irish Isn't name. that awful? And um, what I, what characters is he known for? The story I worked on him was a Thor, isn't it? All? And the more I try to try to think, you know, my age, I do forget now and then. And I, I know his name like the back of my hand, and I could draw his picture. I know him so well. <laughs> uh, He's got a short name. I keep thinking of Brian. But it's 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 a name like Brian, I think, but I can't think. <laughs> oh, let's go on to the next question. It'll come to me. Sure. Okay. Um, why did you decide to stick with inking and make your career out of being an inker rather than a penciler? Well, be, well, mainly I was. For the, I started with Stan in 1950, and up until about 1962, everything I did for Stan. I penciled and inked. It was my own work. And then he had a couple stories by Jack Kirby. One was a Western, would you believe? This was before the superheroes. And he wanted to know if I could ink it. He was in, in a jam. Jack couldn't ink it. And uh, as great as Jack was, he he, he was not a, a 
as good an inker as he was a penciler. So anyway, Stan asked me if I could fit it in my schedule, and I inked it, and Stan called me up. He said, Joe, I like the combination of you and Jack. And there were very few people uh, uh, that worked together in those days. There was maybe one or two. And uh, so he liked the way I did that with Jack. So when number four came along, the Fantastic Four, he called me up and he said, Joe, he said, Jack, of course, doesn't ink his work. Do you think you could ink number four? I had never even heard of the Fantastic Four. I didn't know they exist. And when I got the all the pencil pages in the mail, I looked at it and I said, gee, what great characters. I thought it was some of the best thing Kirby had ever done. And uh, so I had a lot of fun inking that. And here again, like I said, I would have continued, only I had promised treasure chests. I would do some of their biographical stories. I'm still trying to think of my friend's name. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and we did, we did a nice Thor. In fact, there was one page that he penciled on Mephisto, which I love, and I, I inked it, of course, and I think that's one of Marvel's great villains. You remember Mephisto? I sure do. John... John. He was in Silver Surfer, right? Right. He but started John, in Silver Surfer with John uh, John Buscema. John Buscema did a great Mephisto. But so did my friend that I inked uh, here again. Can't remember his name. It's amazing. I know it know as well as I know my own name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. It's not John Byrne? Not John. John. Oh, John was a great penciler. He really, he and I did some great stuff together, and of course I did it. I worked with him when he was very young, and uh, ran through his career. Different. We we did a Fantastic Four on the big pages. He wanted, uh, he wanted to pencil in one of the big pages to see what it was like, and it, I I thought I did a pretty good job on that story, ink wise and. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite inking jobs was on that story with John Byrne. Yeah, John was one of a kind also. Yeah. He was, my friend that I'm trying to think of is a contemporary of John Byrne. They come up about the same time, and uh, he did some stuff for DC also, but uh, he did a lot of stuff for Marvel. When, it, when they have conventions, he's one of the big guys that they they ask to come to the shows. What, like Ed Sullivan say would say, really big. He's really big. Jim Lee. No. Todd McFarland. Nope. Before them. <laughs> oh boy, you're uh, you're testing me out here. Um... You're gonna kick, you're gonna kick yourself for not knowing. Yeah. Okay. Believe me. Wow. Well, you'd love to have an interview with him, believe me. And this is really bugging me now. <laughs> I really want to know who we're talking about here. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing that I have this mental block. And the more you try to remember, the least, least you can remember. That's just the way it is when you get to be my age, you know? Right. All right, do you have another question? What is a Stanley script like? When you were doing those issues of Thor, 
or any of the, the westerns and stuff, what kind of script did he give you? Oh, the scripts were—they were pretty comprehensive, although they didn't have to be. In other words, even when we got into Spider-Man, Stan's script would say, "Joe." Uh, splash page, he, he typed in splash page, show uh, Spider-Man leaping off a fire escape onto two burglars in the alleyway. Now, you could draw that a hundred different ways, whichever way you think is best, you know, because he leaves, Stan leaves it up to you as far as uh, telling the story, you know. But every panel, he would say, show, show Spider-Man Flying through the air, and uh, he's chasing uh, the Green Goblin or something. And here again, you uh, you can you see it a hundred different ways. Uh, you know, as an artist, you do this. You you see that picture and uh, right before you. So you choose the one you feel will make the best the best picture and uh, enough to vary to vary the the the. Uh, the page. You don't want everything to look alike. You want to vary your shots. Far shot, you know, uh, close up, down shot, up shot, whatever. But you got to vary, vary your shots. That's what Bert Hogarth used to say down at the, uh, the school. As I talk, I'm trying to think of my friend's name. Yeah. Isn't it awful? But my friend didn't have a uh, up at the show, they every year they have a placemat, a placemat that they put up, and all the artists who are going to be at the show will do a drawing for the uh, the person putting on the show, and they raffle them off uh, for artists that are in need. And uh, uh, I I did a drawing of uh, every year it's different. This year I did a drawing of, uh, it might have been a Silver Surfer, and, uh, oh, the Silver Surfer and Galactus I drew, and uh, it went for $600, which is pretty good, and uh, last year I did one that went for 1000 and like I said, the money goes to artists who are up against it, don't have any work, and believe me, there's a lot of good guys today that don't have any work. My good friend lives uh, about six miles from me, uh, Terry Austin. Do you know Terry Austin? I do, yes. Excellent anchor. And, of course, he was working for uh, Archie Comics, and they discontinued his book, and he can't get any work. Isn't that awful? That's unreal. I mean, a guy yeah. with his talent, but that's the way it is today. I, I, I don't want to say it's a, uh, you know, if you're friend of the editor, you might... You might get some work, but uh, Ghost Terry doesn't believe in that. And, uh, it's a shame he can't find work. But, hey, there's a lot of guys around, great guys, and they're all at work. You know, it's a tough, tough business. There's no question about it. I came in at the right time, and uh, although I'm still working, I did retire in 91 from the comic books. And uh, But the... Uh, the uh, Sp the Spider Man Sunday is is all I want at my present time. Hey, like I said, I'm 90 years old, and I'm still trying to think of my friend's name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
You wait and see if Rock doesn't have to call you tonight just to relieve your mind. I don't let you go to bed thinking about who this guy can be. I'm going yeah. to stay up all gonna night. Kick, you're going to kick yourself when you find out who he is. Believe me. <laughs> well, what, what else is he known for? Let's get to the bottom of this. I mean, you've named some of the biggest, uh, you know, Jim Lee, and, and, but you haven't named him yet. <laughs> I don't... See, you, you're not going to be able to eat your supper. No, I don't think so. Besides... Mark won't believe it. When you, Mark will <laughs> say to me when he gets home from work, yeah. Dad, how'd you make out? And, said, and Mark, I couldn't remember so-and-so's name. And he said, Dad, how could you forget him? <laughs> uh, I, I forgot him. Oh, he did some great, great stuff. Much sought after. He's got his own uh, art studio with, uh, you know, beginners working for him. Uh, totally. Oh, Lee. oh, is it Neil he, Adams? Neil Adams. Neil Adams. How could we forget? There we go. Holy <laughs> How how did you forget? How could you couldn't remember? Well, uh, yeah, there's just so many names out there. I yeah, Neil Adams. Yeah, we, but he's one. Of, he's, you got to admit, he's one of the biggies. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, did you um, what 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 have you worked on with Neil Adams? I did the film with him, which was came out really well, and I did a lot of uh, uh, commission pieces with Neil for different benefits and. Uh, I may have done a Black Panther, but I, 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 I'm not sure of that. But I do remember doing one last year. I can't hear again. I, I can't think. I, I did something last year. It was for a benefit, and it came out pretty. He penciled it, of course, and it came out very nice. But he's still busy, still working hard. But don't let him know that we, we couldn't think of his name. <laughs> no, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> Too embarrassing. All right. So what else you got on the fire there? Well, I don't know. I could um, well, I could talk to you for hours, but I don't want to keep you on the phone. We've been, right. We've been talking for over an hour already, so I think maybe... Unbelievable. Maybe we Believe should... Uh, you're having fun, time goes fast. Exactly. Hey, if you've got any other questions, why don't you ask, tell Mark what they are, and uh, of course Mark will get back with you. Uh, online. I don't have a computer, so I can't do that, you know? For sure. Okay. I, I'm still living in the 1950s. I'm still <laughs> working on how to how to operate the radio. <laughs> right on. Well, you're doing <laughs> just fine, it sounds like. You're just doing just fine. Uh, <laughs> geez, what are you going to do? Hey, <laughs> call Mark and tell him what a great time we had, okay? Oh, yeah, I will do that. Thanks, Joe. This was a blast. I really appreciate it. What fun. Yeah. You're welcome. Great talking to you. You too. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.